Welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs show featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. From the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Blooming Out. I'm Frankie Preslav. I am Rachel Jones. And I'm Alex Ashkin. Thank you for joining us for a new edition of Indiana's only queer public affairs radio show. We conveniently post to WFHB.org, so if you can't listen live, you can hear this and other episodes via the WFHB website. Each and every week, we produce a show by and for the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and allied communities. We also want to take a moment to celebrate the 25th anniversary of WFHB opening their doors. It has been 25 years of broadcasting for the station and 13 years of blooming out. Hopefully, we can make it 13 more. Our listeners can always count on us to cover the most pressing issues, interesting people, and latest events reflecting LGBTQ life in Indiana, the U.S., and across the world. Tonight, we will bring... We will be diving into the recent decision by the Oregon Court of Appeals in a case between Grisham, Oregon-based bakery, and a lesbian couple they refused service to. Tonight we will be featuring the music of Billie Holiday with selections from her seminal album, Solitude. We are doing something a little different. Uh, We are turning the tables on ourselves as we get to know one the new host of Blooming Out, Alex Ashkin, Rachel Jones, and yours truly, Frankie Preslav. We will share a few of our favorite experiences from 2017 and hope for, uh, hopes for 2018 and perhaps a New Year's resolution or two. We turn right into our featured news story on December 28th, an Oregon ap- appellate court that upheld a penalty against Aaron and Melissa Klein, owners of Sweet Cakes by Melissa, a now defunct bakery based out of Grisham, Oregon. The bakery had received a fine by the Oregon Bureau of Labor and Industries, which found that Kleins had violated state non-discrimination laws, leading to a $135,000 payment to the two women who had been discriminated against. So I personally sort of selected this piece uh, this week because we've been discussing a lot uh, over the past few months sort of the lines between personal expression religious belief, and right to service, right to be treated equally. This is sort of an interesting case because we see a lot of similarities here as we do in the current Supreme Court case, Masterpiece Cake Shop versus Colorado Civil Rights Commission. That has been discussed at length before, and we'll probably be coming back to it at some point. But there's some interesting things that I think should be highlighted about the case in Oregon. First and foremost, the plaintiff and the defendants are somewhat flip-flopped in comparison to the Supreme Court case involving Masterpiece Cake Shop. In this instance, uh, the clients, the owners of the bakery, are actually suing the state. Uh, They disagree with the penalty, saying that uh, the state in and of itself, having this non-discrimination statute, is infringing upon their right to freely express religion. In comparison, the Masterpiece Cake Shop uh, case also has a non-discrimination lawsuit. However, there was no penalty initially uh, imposed on the bakery owners. It was only initiated by the uh, offended parties Uh, the gay couple that had wanted to purchase the cake from them. So we're starting to see some developments here as more and more cases are seeing their time in court. And we're getting a great opportunity here to see where these things are going to start to break out sort of on both a state and federal level. The thing that's most interesting to me when we actually talk about this is that I personally think that these two cases could be uh, resolved in two very different ways for two very different reasons, largely due to the structure of the legal suits. 
So at the end of the day, we might be having something where the penalty in Oregon is being upheld. However, we could also see uh, the Supreme Court ruling in uh, in favor of Masterpiece Cake Shop. But only time will tell. So we kind of are at this interesting point. What can actually be said about these cases? Um, there's a long, long uh, public, or excuse me, uh, public, uh, excuse me, verbal arguments, oral arguments, as miss, missing the word, uh, uh, in the Supreme Court case for Masterpiece Cake Shop. And they have yet to actually publish anything so far from the appellate court rulings in Oregon. Uh, one of the biggest things right now is sort of where is the line especially with regards to the creation of a cake. Um, Is it something where uh, a pre-made cake might perhaps be all right, but it might be too much to ask a baker to make a specific cake with certain visual or social themes? We have... Hundreds of denominations of Christianity, I think, um, and we have them because there's a, a little bit difference between a belief in so many people that people find a place where they fit if they follow that faith. Um, I don't think basically they should give a questionnaire to people because I'm sure there are things with everybody that they don't agree with. Um, Make a cake. It's it's, it's what you do. I, I I don't see denying people service because that's kind of like casting the first stone. Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't see the point of you know when if if you're running a business and you're trying to attract you know people and you're trying to you know make an income and 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 you know the the. I, I, I just I'm just have a difficult time getting my head wrapped around the whole thing of, you know, over this cake, which, again, I go back to. It's not just about the cake. You know, it's about being able to hang up the sign that says we don't serve gays. Absolutely. Um, it has nothing to do you know, with it. It has cake. absolutely nothing to do with the cake because it's not going to just be the, you know, the, the baker. It's going to be the restaurant and the bar and the bus and whatever's next. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the implications are so much bigger than just this cake situation. And that's what we keep getting lost on is this this cake. And that's not what the Supreme Court is necessarily going to be looking at, hopefully, to look at the big picture of what this is actually going to mean. And <laughs> in a weird way, uh, our discussions of cakes have become discussions of political footballs. <laughs> right. Um, and that's sort of the really unfortunate thing. And I, I both Rachel and Frankie, I totally agree that uh, – this is really just sort of um, the tip of the iceberg because it's sort of, well, if it's okay for one group to, you know, by law essentially say we can refuse service, then who else, like, are we going to have to go through each and every industry? Like, is it reasonable for public uh, transportation to deny service to people. Right. It's akin to the bathroom law. It's a made-up issue to create division. Uh, yeah, I, and I, I I see that. I, I And so the biggest thing to me is sort of where is the logical line in which we're going to enforce laws for non-discrimination? Um, like, I think in a sense, at we're not going to see businesses find every single time they say, no, we're not going to do that for you. It just seems impractical. But at the same time, uh, I think if anyone does have a legitimate case, you know, as we saw in Masterpiece Cake Shop, as we're seeing in this Oregon case, you do have people with very significant and potent, you know, uh, argument saying there there is really no clear rationale here for why we're not being served other than simply we 
implied that it is for, you know, a celebration of a same-sex marriage or something, you know, akin to that, which to me is a little strange. And Frankie, Rachel, both of you having been entrepreneurs and business owners before, I I kind of have a suspicion that you guys sort of have this idea that why inject your personal politics into dealing with each individual, perhaps? Right. When you're in business, you're looking at kind of the big picture. You're not looking whatever that – you know, if I sit there and survey every person that comes in and wants to hire me for whatever reason and eliminate, you know, that's – you know – what what you know that's I, i'm i'm silly to do that and you know when when someone walks in and you know and we're we're discussing you know a new client we're discussing that issue i'm not looking at other issues that um you know will eliminate them i mean it's just it's i don't know it's just like you have to departmentalize things and and put them into to you know the, their categories and put on your big boy pants and walk into the world and realize that everybody doesn't think and believe like you um and there's this common ground we all can find but we can't we we keep trying to find all these differences and and reasons of why we we can't get along or we shouldn't be able to do business the one thing that th- you know I, I think about too is that you know if if this should pass um you know if you have a, a a gay couple in a small community and let's say there's one grocery store one pharmacy and one gas station and it's very rural and that couple would like to or individual would like to buy groceries that then the store could deny that person Entry into the store because you know they're gay, or the guy can refuse the guy them gas because they're gay, or the pharmacists could say no because they're gay. You know, so uh, you know we think about kind of, and, and that could that's not just you know the GBLT community. That could be you know religion. Mm-hmm. That could be race. Race back I mean, of the bus in a separate separate bathroom, right. separate uh, fountain. So it's just the ramifications again. You know, so when we're, you know, doing business and we're getting along, you know, and, and walking down the street and doing whatever, this is, I don't know, I go back to what my mom always said, this is the, the, the melting pot, you know, this is not what our country is, is about or should be about. And if it is, we need to, you know, change course and, 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 and stop it. I had, I guess my business was a little bit different because it's obvious that I'm different when people see me. And I would have people come to the cafe and not know that we – because we did wear it on our sleeve a little bit that we were an alternative cafe. People sometimes would come to the door and see me and say no and just leave. But if they didn't, if they came, as long as they were polite, um, it's an opportunity to – Spread the love, kind of, right. you know. And, um, right, and, and they're not being them. right, and they're not being denied. I mean, it's everybody's choice to where they want to go, spend their money, or not spend their money. Um, you know, it's just like when you're standing in line at, at Kroger's and you have all these cashiers there. You, you pick the one that the smallest line, or the person that maybe you're, you something about them that you like, or you know they're good, or whatever. They'll get you in and out. They won't talk to you. I don't know whatever it might be. So as a consumer, you know, you have that that option of going and, and not spending your money in a place. But to have a law saying, you know, that you have the right not to serve this person, or as a cashier saying, no, I don't like what you look like or believe in or because you're wearing a yarmulke i don't want to serve you um then yeah we got a problem i mean a big problem absolutely and i think i mean we'll probably see more cases like this (laughs) before it's all said and done um even frankie like as you were talking about this i can't help but think back um i believe there is a case uh, i want to say around 2011 2012 involving a gun store in florida where they very prominently next to their door featured a sign that said, this is a Muslim-free zone. Right, I remember that. Wow. And I believe they actually legally got to keep up the sign because it's not literally saying we won't serve, you know, people of the Muslim faith. We just want them to stay away from here, (laughs) which is, uh, I I mean, I'm shaking my head about it, and that's sort of... um, 
I guess the thing for me that is always sort of bewildering um, as somebody who is in their, you know, mid to late twenties, I, uh, I, I, I never really like lived in a place that did sort of have, um, sort of this overt division, division between people. Um, and sometimes I think, you know, Bloomington, we get a little bit of our Bloomington bubble and, um, that, which is part of the reason why one, Highly recommend everyone, you know, travel around the county sometimes, go out to Brown County, go out to Green County, check it out. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to love. At the same time, uh, it does sort of make it clear that there are a lot of different mindsets. And to a certain degree, some people just simply don't want to be told what they can and can't do. And that kind of extends to almost sort of you can't tell me to extend common courtesies to people (laughs) right and if you don't like somebody and you have a business then maybe you're just not nice to them i mean you don't need a law saying that you know i'm protected to be mean you know if you go in and the clerk is a jerk and you're not going to want to go back and spend your money i'm like yeah okay i get it you don't like me for whatever reason and i'm not gonna you know but to have a law saying that that clerk has a right to the to just refuse service to you because you know you're you're a certain person or type that he or she doesn't agree with then we got you know we got a problem there right i I mean it's wrong hey when we return we will open this discussion up to see how this might impact policies in future court decisions but before we do let's have a short music break our music feature tonight is the music of billy holiday's solitude This album is one of the most influential jazz albums of the 20th century, and whatever I say cannot be as well said compared to the original liner notes from the album. It is quite fitting that this album is entitled Solitude, and for several reasons. For one, the word itself, solitude, is an extremely evocative one, a word whose meaning is expressed almost in the saying as well as the way it is said. There is a sadness and a beauty in the word, just as there is certainly in Billie Holiday, and a quality of wistfulness, too, that gives the word solitude a uniquely personal meaning to anyone who hears it. Tonight, we'll be opening with the eponymous track, Solitude, by Billie Holiday. saw me standing alone without a dream in my heart without a love of my own blue moon you knew just what I was there for you heard me saying a prayer for someone I really could care for they suddenly appeared before me The only one my arms will ever hold I heard somebody whisper, please adore me And when I looked, the moon had turned to gold Blue moon Now I'm no longer alone Without a dream in my heart Without a love of my own
dream in my heart without a love of my own. You knew just what I was there for You heard me saying a prayer for Someone I really could care for And then they suddenly appeared before me The only one my arms will ever hold I heard somebody whisper, please adore me And I looked, the moon had turned to gold Blue moon Now I'm no longer alone Without a dream in my heart Without a love of my own To solid, you are listening to Solitude by Billie Holiday. We return now to the discussion theme that we hope to revisit a few times this year, the right to service, or in case of some, the right to deny service. As you heard in the previous segments, courts throughout the United States, all the way up to the Supreme Court, are hearing civil lawsuits regarding enforcement of non-discrimination ordinances with regards to gay, lesbian, and bisexual couples. So at, over the break, we were actually having a really great discussion, which was sort of the why well, is this happening, the, the big question. You know, is one, is this being pushed by a party or a group of people or, you know, whatever, shadowy cabal? <laughs> I don't want to go there. <laughs> but uh, also, what do they stand to benefit? And... I think we all kind of got to a point where we agreed that there's sort of a sense of they want to, whoever they are, want to create a sense of division, create a sense where, you know, there can't be civil discussion, there can't be uh, compromise or, you know, viewing each other from a different perspective, humanizing each other. I think this is a big issue to discuss. I, I think we have to look, too. This is not just a national problem. This right-wing conservatism, conservatism is happening all over the world. Um, why? What, what is initiating this? And, and you're right. You don't want to say it is, oh, my God, it's the Illuminati or whatever. But regardless, this animal is rearing its head not just in the United States, but literally all over the world. The same thing that's dividing people. Um, and you just have to wonder why. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's been going on, you know, from the beginning of time in the sense and because of how our um, communication is structured now that everything happens so much quicker and faster and you are privy to know what's happening overseas a lot quicker or no because it's 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 not it's not organic like that this is coming down from our government um no i, I mean i don't i don't think that we've had but, but in the 50s the 20s you know you know since the dawn of time that you know governments have been trying to control i i this is this isn't something new it's a better opportunity now because they have more tools uh, and i think there's um sort of an ebb and flow at the end of the day to this where um there are periods of sort of expansion of individual rights the civil rights movement of the 1960s is a great example um, there is a lot of strife at that time, but at the same time, we get to see things like the Voting Rights Act, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, you know, uh, Gender Equality Act, a ton of hugely influential stuff that came out of it. The thing that I am somewhat uh, at a loss for is this is a little bit different to me because a lot of it seems like we're getting to the point that this is almost predecided. Absolutely. Like, um, that, you know, to a certain degree, we acknowledge that 
you have to acknowledge the humanness of everyone, regardless of race, creed, sexual orientation. But now there's this big clash as it's becoming, you know, kind of standardized, codified in our culture. And that's huge because I think it's, you know, creating a lot of conflict. But 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 it but it's not organic. We have um people in power that um repealed the Johnson Amendment which allowed churches to have the ability to <clears throat> promote political parties or political candidates. Um we have known white supremacists appointed to cabinet positions. Um it's not somebody down the street doing this this it's being given to us and and i'm not sure how to change it you know i think people have gotten lazy people you know if, if my house is clean you know what do i have to worry about and i think that's kind of what is going on right now is that people are not concerned about what's happening to our neighbors literally and I think we have this this selfish, self-centered mode. And I think, you know, hence Trump is that, you know, all these disfranchised folks out there that felt that no one heard them. And I think they all kind of got piled in on this one. I don't think they all agree with Trump. They just wanted something different and they felt no one was hearing them. And that's what you kept hearing at the beginning. You don't hear it as much, but, you know, the the coal miners and and the the people up in Detroit and the, the folks that felt that they had um, you know, in the Rust Belt, had had no voice, and they were looking for a voice at, at that point, and maybe voting just to, not expecting for what has happened to happen, but expecting that things would change in some ways. And I think they were surprised as everybody else is when when this guy got elected. But at the same time, they're they're thinking, well, well, he's going to hear us, and and it just kind of piled into, for lack of word, the filth <laughs> of what we have now. I, I I I always see the cup half full, and I I see opportunity here, as as a nation, as individuals, as if we can really kind of focus on what what we need to do. And I think it's time for us to listen. It's you know, and I think people have to listen to other folks that you might not necessarily agree with, and it might be sound like a, a you know a whole foreign language to you, but take a moment and listen to the other guy. And, and and find the common ground because what's happening now is that people are y- – you say something and it's a fight. Mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. there's no communication. It's just like watching the talking heads you know, on the news, which isn't news anymore, and all they do is sit around and argue, but no one comes up with a so- solution to anything is that they kind of light fires and then move. They light Absol- fires. Absolutely. I, you know – People get different news. So we have alternative facts now, um, and people believe the alternative facts. A lot of people, global warming doesn't exist, right? It, it's, 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 Hello, it's, New it's, York. Yeah, well, no. Um, it depends what you listen to, and that's where the division is coming from. So to talk to people, you have to understand the facts that they have are different than the facts that you have, and that's why they believe them. Um, so when you're going out and you're campaigning and you're trying to explain kind of your position, I think the thing is and, and, and it's, it's taking a deep breath and stepping back and listen first. Instead of talking first, sure. it's to listen first. And I think that's where, you know, here's me who loves to talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is hard for me. But to, to, to take a moment and, and hear what the other guy has to say. And maybe at that point you don't say much. You know, and I think that the thing is that we want to kind of debate all the time. Mm-hmm. And if you can't mm-hmm. feed your kid or you're worried about this or that, and they think that this individual or this group of people are taking away their rights and freedom and opportunity, that might not be the conversation to happen because it, they're looking at their family and trying to survive. So hear them out first and maybe come back to them. But make friends first instead of enemies initially. Make friends always. Right. But people don't usually do that people you know I, I have lots of conservative friends and I'm ultra liberal and um, the thing I think I, people know where I stand but I, I, I do listen 
and and I don't throw everybody into the same barrel because I know with all my conservative friends that there's a lot of opinions along with that and why they believe in their certain ways. And many times we agree on more things than we disagree on when it when it's finally said and done. You know, they don't want to see my family attacked or refused you know, uh, entry into a diner or, you know, not allow us to be who we are. Um, but then there's other things that, you know, the Republican Party, they, you know, they they embrace and, and agree with. And, and, and I can't win every fight there, but I can at least explain, you know, here's a, a real life situation. Uh, yes. You are right, Frankie. I, I think the public sentiment is better than it has been in my lifetime. The, the difficulty is it's being orchestrated backwards. Hmm. Not, what do you mean by backwards? Well, I, I think they're deliberately – they're creating scenarios that are the cake. That, that's created. The whole idea about this, the bathroom law, um, it's, it, it was created. It was not a problem. It was created, and then they make a scenario of, oh, my God, do you want your child there? And mm-hmm. – um, mm-hmm. So, so the, so that. But P.S. in Alabama, we run up pedophile for, you know. Uh-huh, yeah. I mean, and then and then a, a majority of us vote for that person. The, the goal is to change how it's <laughs> right. to change the sentiment back. That's mm-hmm. the problem, and and that's the fight. Um, and I I think both of you are entirely right, Frankie. I I cannot agree with you more. And I think it, it's sort of a two part solution. Rachel, as you're saying, I think that there is sort of this artificial conflict that's being uh, sort of manifested both in news and politics. And the first thing is, is sort of not getting caught up in the political sport. Right. Because I think nothing quicker gets us to that point where as I like to call it, we're talking past each other, not talking with each other, um, where it's sort of like, well, I got this study. And I know you have your conservative think tank study to say, but, you know, I, I'm quickly, manly, you know, Googling on my phone to just figure out something to counter it. Whereas in, in trying to understand really what what matters to the individual here? You know, I, I think sometimes, um, you know, there there's a big difference between saying, I, you know, I, I want to be able to do what I want to be able to do versus, you know, I don't want to be forced to do something against my will. Um, so it's very complex. And I, I, at the end of the day, for me, I think with the re- regards to the service stuff, I, I I'd like to believe you know the long arm of just or the long arm of the law bends towards justice uh, until the judges are all lined against ju- justice, and that's what's happening now. And that's where the people have to make their voices heard, and that's where we have to. That's where it takes work being an American. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you can't sit down and just assume. So if you have people out there that are, are doing things that you feel are not right and are working against yourself and your family, then you have to get off your tushy and you got to get outside and you have to go talk and you have to go march and you have to make some noise and not sit there and just kvetch. <laughs> Isn't the, the Jewish old lady's coming out now. Um, yeah, you sound like your mama. <laughs> Actually, I was, I was thinking that, Frank. Frank. She's here, like girls. She's here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's – and that's we, – we, uh, people wait for somebody else to do it. And we can't – we're at a time, 2018, that we, we have to all – Come out and talk. We have to go out and do. We can't sit there and wait for somebody else to do it. Or we're going to be sitting here saying, you know, here she comes again. Oye vey. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And excuse us while we put this discussion on hold while we discuss, or read off our weekly events. First, uh, we have Suavemente, a benefit for Puerto Rico. Come to the back door on Friday, January 12th, starting at 10 p.m. for a Latinx variety show to benefit the victims of Hurricane Maria. The events will include several performers such as J.J. Suede and Lola Levacious. Donations at the door are suggested. 
For more info, check the calendar section of the Backdoors website at bckdoor.com. The Bloomington Pride Film Festival is coming up in just a few weeks. The 2018 Bloomington Pride Film Festival explores the lives and experiences of the GLBTQ plus community through feature length and short films and live performances that advocate community-wide attitudes of awareness, acceptance, and appreciation of diversity. The event will be held Thursday, January 25th through Saturday, the 27th at the Buskirk Chumley Theater. For more information, check bloomingtonpride.org backslash events for more details. And finally, the GLBTAA, the Gay, Lesbian, Bisexual, Transgender Alumni Association at IU is having their 10th annual Celebration Weekend in conjunction with the Bloomington Pride Festival. There will be two events as part of the Celebration Weekend. On Friday the 26th, there will be a reception at the Tudor Room at the IMU from 4 to 6 for the uh, distribution of the new GLBTAA scholarship presentations and the Distinguished Alumni Award. And on Saturday the 27th, also at the Tudor Room, there will be a reception uh, from 4 to 6 p.m. There is also an annual fundraiser with a silent auction to benefit the GLBTAA uh, group. And so we return, actually, to something a little new. Isn't that right, Frankie? Yeah. Tonight we um, are taking a look back at some of our favorite moments of 2017 and to take some time to get to the new, uh, get to the new cast of Blooming Out. So that's us. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, this was something I kind of wanted to do. Um, one, as a listener of WFHB, I always have a little bit of curiosity. Who, who is on the radio? And so just thought it's the new year. We've had our new host now for about three months. Uh, Frankie has been with us for a little bit less time, but is just as welcomed and appreciated. And so we thought we would take a few minutes just to get to know who Rachel, Frankie, and Alex are. (laughs) So uh, let's start with Rachel. Do you have any personal highlights from your time hosting Blooming Out so far, especially in 2017? You know, I I have enjoyed literally every speaker that we have had on. Um, I think that is the highlight. I really enjoyed talking to Mayor Hamilton. Um, actually, everybody I I think has has brought insight. Um, and a little bit of light in this cold winter. So I think just the host that we've had on, the the guest. The guest. And how about yourself, Frankie? you have anything that sticks out in your mind? On the program itself? Well, again, I'm new to it. So um, I have the, the three uh, guests we have were probably the best of the year. <laughs> 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 no, I'm, I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek. But uh, no, um, I'm, you know, two set. Personally, I had you know a, a grandbaby brought in, so nice. that oh, wow. has congrats. Yeah, yeah, so I've got number two. Um, so that was very exciting for the family. We got a Mimsy and a Maya now, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I can't ask for anything better than that for 2017. Fantastic, and this was sort of an interesting thing for me because. Uh, my experience with WFHP was sort of I walked in here and became a producer of the show. <laughs> so uh, this has been, you know, a wild experience getting to know a different part of the Bloomington community that I was, you know, only very tangentially aware of and getting to know fantastic people like Rachel and Frankie. Uh, I really have three uh, highlights in my mind. One, uh, our my first interview or interview I got to participate in with Lauren Faber. She was awesome, very funny, awesome girl. Secondly, I really, really enjoyed our interview with you, Frankie. Oh well, um, uh, it made me appreciate one the importance of the Bloomington LGBTQ community. 
and two, honestly, I'm pretty sure after taping that episode, there was not a dry eye in the studio. I mean, it it, it was because oh. I wouldn't leave afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> He's still here, <laughs> you know, and it it was just something that I you know, I was honored to be a part of and. Uh, as Rachel said, having Mayor Hamilton on was a you know an honor. It, it's awesome that we get to work and speak with our elected officials and talk to them about the issues that really concern us as part of a community. And so, to be a part of that to me is you know awesome. And I got a big smile on my face because you know sometimes I think we all get a little worked up about this from time to time, but. Once we put on the headphones and are in the studio, we have a blast. Right. Um, so how did you folks get involved at WFHB? You know, for the longest time, I, um, I, I had a cafe for eight years, and we were kind of a, a liberal bastion, maybe. I, I wanted to be, but I personally didn't go to protest and things like that because – I felt because I'm obviously transgendered, I would bring an element where people would point and say, oh, my God, look at look at the people that are doing this. Um, and so I just, out of not wanting to muddy their water, I didn't. And after this election, it was like, you know what, that's, that's not okay anymore. Um, I, I, w- I was called and told about the show and asked, um, and I was like, you bet. Um, no more setting on the sidelines. I've gone to several protests and um, you you have to be present. You have to be a kind person and be a human. And I think if you're a human, it's harder for somebody to throw a stone. Um, So that's kind of how and why I got involved in in this. Absolutely. And I've been a guest on and off um, Blooming Out since, I guess, the beginning and um, I've done a couple of segments, you know, over the years, but uh, just family life and things have always kind of pulled me back, kind of back to the family and, you know, just responsibilities out there. And my, you know, similar to Rachel, as the election kind of happened and I was trying to figure out where my voice could be best utilized and my energy, you know, and I made a couple of phone calls out and about and you know, and, and thought about this and that, and I just never, um, I didn't really kind of find my my niche. And then, uh, you know, I got the call to come on and be a, a, a guest, and it was just kind of happenstance that there was an opening, <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, you know, and and so that was kind of that's like, yeah, this is it. This is you know, kind of the beginning of where I really want to you know be. And, and be able to, you know, hopefully make some changes and, and do a good job and, and entertain, bring other folks in from the community um, that will, you know, carry the spirit on and, and, and hopefully, you know, get people involved and, you know, and teach people, you know. I think, you know, give them opportunity to, to learn and, 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 and understand that they all have voices and it, it takes, you know, a village and we can all do that together as a team and, you know, what a better place to be is than on the radio. Well, back to our interview in just a little while. Blooming Out will feature a short music break. Coming up is the track East of the Sun by Billie Holiday off of her Solitude album. East of the sun and west of the moon, we'll build a dream house of love, dear, near to the sun in the day, near to the moon at night, we'll live in a lovely way, dear, living on love moonlight just you and I forever and a day love will not die we'll keep it that 
that way Up among the stars we'll find A harmony of life to a lovely tune East of the sun and west of the moon Dear, east of the sun and west of the moon You've been listening to East of the Sun by Billie Holiday. Let's return to our staff dis- discussion of our highlights of 2017 and hopes for 2018. So, uh, you know, this is something that I'm kind of curious about. Rachel, Frankie, what do you like or what would you like to see done with Blooming Out over the next year? Well, I would like to see kind of some more audience participation. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be able to set up maybe a website or a Facebook page just blooming out, um, and it might be there, <laughs> and um, get some outside, you know, uh, ideas from folks to see what they would love to or like to have, you know, us discuss and and maybe have the community suggest people to bring in and talk and maybe do some mobile stuff out there as well. I, I would like to go even farther. I would love if we could, and, and the, the reason we haven't done this so far is we don't have a way to delay, and the FCC is so difficult, but to have some mechanism that people could actually call in with questions mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. for us or for our guest, um, maybe if we Facebook streamed it or something like that where we would be able to read it. Right. But um, Well, I'd like to – like. Instagram Live, you sure, know, right, do something like that where we would have <laughs> – we can kind of edit it as it comes al- along. Right. Um, and doing something like that, I think we'd be able to pull that off. But just get people not just <clears> – <throat> excuse me – not people just within the community to get you know people outside of Bloomington and people outside of the state of Indiana as well. I think would be nice to kind of hear other people's points yeah. of view and – Yep, and a little bird told me that actually that stuff is sort of in the works. Uh, WFHB is working on our official uh, social media policies, so hopefully in in the near future we will be seeing something like that. Personally, uh, I'd love to see you folks, the listeners, our community, to, uh, yeah, participate more, come out to the radio station. We... Uh, do new volunteer orientation every first Wednesday of the month at 6.30 p.m. We run a very tight ship here over at Blooming Out. We've we've got a very nice little tight-knit family, and honestly, we could use a few more folks because, you know, it, it a lot goes into uh, making these episodes, but, you know, it's a lot of love, it's a lot of fun, and honestly, getting to know all these awesome folks is, you know, worth it tenfold. <laughs> I, I think we've um, probably our listenership would, would bend towards the liberal spectrum. Um, and most of the guests, all the guests we've had on so far have all been either LGBT or ally. Um, 
I think we need controversy. I would like to have opposing opinion. opinion um, and I think our listeners are smart enough to listen to opposing opinion and draw a conclusion. I don't think it has to be an argument, but um, I I don't think we always have to candy feed everything with with um, I don't want to say not nice because I want everything to be nice. But there are people that think differently than we do that I that I desperately disagree with. Um, but if we're going to grow that disbelief with what they think, I think we need to um, air their opinion. Absolutely. And I, I think that actually even harkens back to sort of our news discussion where it's like, how do we break down that barrier? How do we humanize each other and not just sort of allow us to uh, I, not – ivory tower but you know be in our bubble in a sense well know? i think if we you know setting up a a program where we could tape actually and invite an audience and do it maybe in the back door at the back door do it at um one mm-hmm. of the other local bars here in town or it doesn't have to be a bar um but it'd be fun um, <laughs> we know where your mind is frankie um but to have you know this kind of that discussion and i think you know yeah, and again, and, and hearing from the community of what what is you know w- what they're thinking about and what they would like uh, you know you know to, to be heard or you know get people involved and in, you know out there in the community. I would love to see um, different candidates come on and not necessarily debate, but be on and perhaps be on together and um, civilly field questions to each other. Absolutely, yeah, and I, I think there's so many opportunities right now i mean between as you rachel said we've got primaries or excuse me primaries and midterms coming up this year so there's a lot of great politics to be talked about we have you know great events like the bloomington pride film festival and we're hoping that we can get some of the folks from bloomington pride out here we've got within the next two weeks Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Janae will be on. That's awesome. Good. Awesome. Janae, we're looking forward to having you. <laughs> and I think there's, you know, a lot that we can do to sort of help Blooming Out be a better and more transparent sort of uh, reflection of the Bloomington and Southern Indiana LGBTQ community. And you know what? It takes you folks a little bit. But, you know, we love to have your input and hear about one, the things you like. Two, the things we can do better. And three, heck, if you want to get involved, more power to you. We'd love to see you down at the station. So with things kind of, yeah, we got about seven minutes. So enough time to get into this. You folks have any plans, resolutions for 2018? Um, oh, I never, I try to stay away from those. <laughs> um, but, you know, things that I want to do, of course, um, is uh, health is always, in, uh, you know, especially when you, you get to be an old man, that you want to take care of yourself. But as a young person as well, it's in, important to do. So that's uh, definitely on the list is to, you know, to focus in on that. Um, and I got some um, home projects to do <laughs> that continues on. So things like that, nothing, you know, uh, you know, pressing at this point. But uh, how about you? So... One, uh, I totally agree with the health thing. I kind of joked about it yesterday with uh, a few friends. I'm like, isn't that the most common resolution? Right, right, right. <laughs> Go to the gym, eat healthier. <laughs> so th- there's that. I, I got to be a little stereotypical with that. But the the bigger one for me is not letting I don't want to, not letting the fact that I'm in a bad mood or something else get in the way of getting important things done. Uh, I think – 2017 took a lot of energy out of a lot of folks, honestly. It it, it was a bit of a letdown. Um, I think, you know, uh, a lot of people felt disheartened or disappointed, myself included. And instead of allowing that feeling to sort of weigh you down, allowing it to manifest negative feelings or or uh, encourage you to isolate yourself i think now is as good a time as any to try and you know 
branch out, try and meet new people, get involved with the community, do what you can to sort of see your home be the best place you, the place you'd want to live, you know, do what you can to help improve the community. And so that's a big thing for me is sort of the days where the sky is gray and news is, you know, bleak, just got to kind of turn it around a little bit and put out that positive energy that helps, you know, make Bloomington such an amazing place and, uh, you know, the place that I'm so glad to be a part of. So I I guess that would be the best way of putting it. How about yourself, Rachel? (laughs) You know, you you touched on it a bit. Um, I really think I would like to figure out how to create change. Um, I absolutely loved what Gandhi said, um, become the change in the world that you would like to see. Um, There's just so much to do, you guys. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. So... I didn't make a resolution this year. Um, I guess I have so many things to work on. But if anything I could do, it would be to further creating change. Yep, absolutely. Bridging bridging divides that, um, that as we all, I think, agreed on earlier, is the only way to go forward is to figure out a way to bridge these things. Yep. Uh, the saying, right, uh, build bridges not walls Mm -hmm. and i I, you know that that's something that kind of gets me excited in a sense is we here in the studio at wfhb have a unique opportunity that we we do have our platform to ideally do that and so especially uh if you folks have any interests or uh certain people who you think would be good guests right into blooming out at wfhb.org because we check that email, you know, pretty religiously and we we want to try and do our best to give you the best show we can and make it a closer part of the greater Bloomington Southern Indiana uh community. So, yeah, I think it's well Honestly, let's see. Anything else? I don't know. Just, again, it's, you know, we keep kind of just going back in circles on this one, but about <laughs> really just getting involved. And that's really what 2018 is all about for, for me is, yeah, I got the health things that I want to take care of, and I have home projects that I want to do. But, you know, my home is bigger than just my walls. And I want to, you know, to go out there. And, I, you know, I've never registered any people. You know, I've never been one of those people that come up to people at the fair or whatever. And, you know, and I thought that would be a simple, easy way of, of, of doing something on my off time or, you know, going door to door that doesn't take a committee to do. Um, go to, you know, parts of the community where maybe, you know, they have lower voter turnout and, and do, you know, uh, you know something. W- w- the, our last guest, I, I spaced her name. I'm sorry, Jane Kepler. Um, when she talked about Jane, that, fifteen percent uh-huh. of Bloomington showed out to vote. Um, I'd love to see you know that change, and I'd like to be part of that. And you know, so I think you know going out. I think I don't know what the percentage of people that are registered in Bloomington are at this point. Um, but, you know, I'd love to be able to uh, go out and, and do something like that as well. Um, it looks like uh, it's that time of night um, we're br- to bring the show to an end. Let's take a moment um, to give special thanks to WFHB, which is celebrating 25 years of um, Air Today. Here's to 25 more. Blooming Out is produced by Alish Askin. Our executive producer and news director is Wes Martin. Jesse Grubb is our engineer. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Rachel Jones. And I'm Alex Ashkin. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of Blooming Out every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. on WFHB. Volunteer-powered community radio for South Central Indiana. Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ plus radio program, airs every Thursday evening here on WFHB at 5.30 p.m. You can also stream us 24 hours a day, seven days a week on WFHB.org 
or bloomingout.com. Thank you for listening. Please tune in again next week to Blooming Out.